Welcome back to this, the Happy No Fear podcast. As always, I am your host, Chase. And on this week's episode, we have a very special guest who kind of travels the world and does an amazing project she calls The World Letter. Let's find out what it's all about and uh, get a little deeper into her motivations and what she's up to. So without further ado, here's my friend, Coco Van! So, Coco, good to see you again. It's very nice to see you, Chase. Yes, totally, totally, totally. You were in LA now. This is your last day. You leave it's tomorrow. Uh, tell us, tell us why you were here. I was here because I was doing an art show called Bright. So I came to set up the world letter, um, my ongoing installation at this art show. And it was over three weekends, so I had to be here for the month. Right, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, and the world letter, that, that's, um, I think that's your project now that's taken up most of your time. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> I want to know, how you know, because uh, we met long time ago. Yeah, I think When you were still singing, I think. Totally. Or when you just first started to, to do the world letter. I think it was when I was still singing. I, I remember exactly what period we met, actually. Yeah. Yes, I was living in my Hollywood apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally still a singer. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and, and so you were uh, singing, you had a project, you, you were doing videos, all that stuff, right? Singing on other people's uh, yeah. tracks as well. Yeah. And then how, how and I think then you, you got into, I think through, because you were kind of art directing your, your, yourself and, and your videos. And all of a sudden, maybe I think you discovered that, hey, that there's something in this, there's a performance aspect of this, which then led you to try some performance pieces. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, what I was frustrated with, with the music industry, it was that I didn't have enough creative, like, um, freedom. Mm. And, um, I mean, I love the music part of the music industry, but I, the industry part was difficult to deal with, especially when you're trying to be, like, very authentic artistically. Right. Because it's true, it's not just a cliche, it's not just, like, a, a star is born. Yeah. Like, they, they actually are trying to, like, mold you. Like, manufacture. Manufacture yeah. you to, like, whatever is, like, working at the moment. Like, right. if, like, R&B is the thing at the moment. They're going to try to make you turn into an R&B artist, even though it literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, after years of, like, fighting and trying to, like, push my artistry and just, like, feeling so much resistance in front of me, it became so frustrating. And, like, I think in the back of my mind, I was, like, trying to find ways to exit this industry but without having to like go for a plan b because you know when you're an artist like how everybody's like yeah it's great art is great but you know you should come up with a plan b what is that oh, it was a little a little earthquake oh there was an earthquake no oh. was that an earthquake mm. no i don't think it was uh, no i don't think no. so <laughs> But yeah, so the plan B... Have you never had that? Like people saying, Chase, art is blah, blah, blah. But then maybe you should think of a plan B. Too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. 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 But and, and that's weird when people say that because, you know, plan A is... If, if plan A isn't plan A, yeah. you know, if you have a plan B, then you really don't have a plan A. You know what I mean? Totally, 100%. And you have to be kind of, in my world, like Rocky about it. Absolutely. You know, and maybe a woman doesn't use that reference. You know? Rocky. Or, or like Rocky or like Mike Tyson, you know. Yeah. So the thing with the plan B thing is that why does the plan B have to be something else than art? People were like, you know, music, it's difficult. Da -da. Right. And, uh, and who was saying this? Was, was it like, like mom? Family, everyone. Yeah, family, everyone. Maybe not friends like that knew how much com how committed I was to the music, but like my mom definitely told me a bunch of times. You know? Yeah. And I think my plan B was not going to be anything else than art. So if it wasn't going to be music, even after ten years of investing everything into that, it was still going to be something artistic. Right. Maybe even more crazy than music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm. A, big rebel at heart yeah. so when people are like you should go for a plan b i'm like oh okay okay <laughs> let me come up with a plan b that's yeah. like even crazier yeah so you were getting frustrated and then uh all of a sudden you you got this feeling for for performance art 
right? Yeah, so it was like a series of things that inspired me to go that route because um, I think the contemporary art world is not necessarily better than the music industry. Right. And I always saw my friends in the art world like very inaccessible. Right. So I never thought of myself, literally never occurred to me that I could be a contemporary artist. Mm. Um, but I remember, yeah, a series of things that inspired me. And I saw this documentary, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yeah, the Banksy doc. The Banksy documentary. Right. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, street artists are so free. Yeah. They're so free. They don't respond to any industry. Mm. I think... I was still traumatized with the music with the music industry thing, and like when I saw the documentary, it's like street artists they can just like do whatever they have in mind wherever they want. They are not trying to be commercialized, at least like not right away, you right. know. And they're just free. So I think when I yeah, it's true. That's so true, no? Yeah. So after watching it, I just like closed my laptop and was like. I want to be a street artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized that I'm scared to get arrested and yeah. I don't want to be deported, whatever. Right. So yeah, because you like, were living, uh, you're from uh, Paris and then you were living in LA for a while already. I was living in yeah, LA Which for comes a while. with a condition and a visa and, and all this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. you gotta be, you, it's difficult to start in the US. It's difficult to start right. in the US, no. yeah. So that's another, even like another layer of difficulty to the music industry thing is that I am actually yeah. not even from here. Yeah. So I was trying to make it in a country that's not even my country. Yeah. And the system is different. The language, legal stuff, you know, contracts, whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's a, an extra layer of difficulty. Totally. Yeah, it is. And the U.S., it's like the top for like entertainment. So right. when you want to make it here in L.A., it's like yeah. you literally just reach for the most difficult path possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really true. And and maybe the, the, the most difficult path in L.A. is to become a successful actor. Yeah, right? that's true. And then probably singer. Singer, yeah. Right? Because like, the whole country, 340 million people, are coming here mm -hmm. to become that, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. And the whole world also. And the whole world. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a magnet for yeah. everyone with a big dream. Yeah, definitely. So competition is... It's, it's huge. And um, so after watching that documentary, I thought I, I would love to explore street art. But I don't want to do wheat pasting or right. and not graffiti either because obviously like I'm scared to <laughs> do yeah. anything illegal. Yeah. And I had started exploring performance art in my own way with like making my music videos and just in general, like when I was pushing the artistry behind the music or just like additionally to the music. And I and I just had this idea one day I was like what if all the things that I create for my music videos, the huge sets and those performances in my music videos, what if I brought that to the street? Mm. So it's not wheat pasting or it's not painting, or, but it's performance art in the street, like street performance art. Right. Street art, but performance art. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, and I remember calling all of my street artists and I probably actually texted you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, <coughs> does this exist? Like, is it an art form, street performance art? And I remember that my street artist friends, they got back to me like, um, I mean, I, maybe I saw like a statue woman. And, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like the, the, the frozen guy. The frozen guy. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, maybe like uh, JR, he did like a performance piece in the street or something. But it was not something that was like very... It wasn't done in a way that... It's more like to earn a dollar, right, from tourists. Yeah. In a way, it's true. Yeah, I just don't see it much, yeah. you know? By the way, I always said, uh, when people talk about street art and everything, like, I always point out also that the guy playing accordion mm -hmm. is also a street artist. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, that's not street art. I'm like, of course it is. You know, the gypsy... That is doing something, or or even the Mr. F the Frozen guy. He's, yeah. he's a he's a street artist. Totally. You know? He's a street mime, you know. Yeah. And and I know uh, France has a big tradition with mime. Mm -hmm. They mime. How do you the say? Mime. Yeah. Yeah, like mimes and 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 you know, sort of Frozen guys also, and and yeah. the tightrope walkers. Totally. Right. It was, it was a big tradition, I think, since the 1700s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like what brings joy to the street right, you know exactly brings like a little entertainment in the right. street 
because I guess like you know unlike LA like we have streets and like the the, the, the center of the town is like where yeah. everybody gathers yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's always been a part of the French tradition I think probably yeah yeah mimes we don't see them as often I guess yeah. but accordion definitely so so you tried a few things in the street so so then I yeah I pitched the idea to like my my friend that I was working on everything visually with the music and I was like let's bring performance art to the street and he was like uh no like this is weird your idea yeah. I'm like let's just try it and so we brought a bed out in the street in London and I laid down in the bed amazing yeah. and I started an actual pedals, bed right? an actual bed and I started plucking those pedals over and over for like six hours in the street in London and like the response was like immediate it was amazing amazing People were like so taken into and taken in. So after that, like I started a series of art installations in the streets that I called poetic interventions. So it's like a way to disrupt the routine with a big dose of poetry. Right. Unexpected. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and turn a corner and all of a sudden, bam, there's something happening there. And you would, it would, 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 would it be, what would, like, just to get, get an idea, what kind of examples? So there was one in Paris where I was sitting, we brought a big moon, like a crescent moon. I remember seeing that, yeah. In the street, and I sat on the crescent moon, kind of dressed like Pierrot, yeah, you know, yeah, with yeah. the little pom-pom. Yeah. And I, and I brought a large piece of fabric, and I was sewing, sewing, sewing yeah. on that piece of fabric, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was threading the cosmos yeah, 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 yeah. over and over and over until the big piece of fabric was covered in stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, super poetic. Thank you. Yeah, it is. And then once it's finished, it's finished. Once it's finished, it's finished. And then you—that was that one. Would you repeat certain uh, certain so the, performances? The petals one came became kind of like a signature. Like a, this one, I kind of repeated different places. Right. But the props, like logistically, it's difficult to actually travel right. with those performances. And right. So it definitely, the fact that it's a one-day thing, it's not just a decision. It's actually it's a production. It's a production. <laughs> There's a lot of pre-production. Oh, the pre-production. Because that amount of fabric, how you're going to get it there? It can be a small piece. It's got to be really wide fabric. Right, you gotta have the right space, someone to help you bring it all there. Right, it's, so it's yeah. there's a lot that probably goes into it before you get there. Yeah, and it's very expensive too. Also, yeah, super expensive. And so, the, uh, I'm sure, especially in, in the beginning, it was all self-funded. You just like, I have Everything. some money, I'm gonna put it in. The poetic interventions, all self-funded, thousands yeah. of euros or dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for just like creating them. And would you take donations, or was that not acceptable? Because no. that's a little bit like you're begging, right? Or is it? I mean, no. And now I believe in donations, yeah. totally. But at the time, I wasn't really thinking about it. Not right. that I yeah, didn't yeah, need yeah. it, but I... No, no donations. Yeah, yeah I, I sometimes feel like I should put a hat. <laughs> yeah. Where, when? Oh, when I paint, you know, like, half of the walls that I paint, mm -hmm. I paint them for free. I don't... I pay. Really? Yeah, of course. I didn't know that. Because let's say you have a liquor store, right? Yeah. And I, I see the location. I like the location. I walk in there. I say, blah, blah, blah. I would love to like turn it into something. And the guy's like, okay, just don't give me any trouble beyond this. And I'm not going to pay for nothing. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, no problem. My usual, right? I love that you do the accent. <laughs> Usually <laughs> it's not that accent. <laughs> but for some reason, I always think of a New York accent. Don't give me no trouble, kid. <laughs> and so I paint it. And, but maybe I should put a hat sometime, but it feels weird to do that. Yeah. I don't think it's weird. I have a whole theory on like how as artists, we should get paid, yeah. should not be afraid to ask for money. Right. And I don't believe in not paying artists anymore. Right. No. That's good. Like two days ago, I was uh, going to this like art show in LA. I'm not going to say what, but, and the dude that is the curator, like the founder of the art show. He was like, yeah, so we give artists a platform and you could come here and do your art, like your, your performances if you want. And I'm like, but do you guys have budget for artists? And he's like, oh, no, but like you can use this space as a platform. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think I have eight hours of my day oh, to yeah. bring my performances here yeah. for zero dollar? Yeah. How do you think I'm going to drive back home? 
Exactly. How do you think I'm going to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think I'm going to fly back to New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is work. Yeah. You're not going to hire like a food truck. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they love to use it. Everyone loves to yeah. use it. All the way from agencies to venues to this to that. You know, it'll be a great platform. It'll be great promotion. Great platform? I told him, I'm like... For you? Yeah. Right? And I, I There's told, enough work for us to do already. And it was so funny because when he told me that, I was like, oh, I actually don't need a platform. I perform in the street. The street right. is my platform. Yeah. I say that too sometimes. When, 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 like I had a call yesterday and it's a rooftop. Uh, it's a um, production company that has a big rooftop that they rent out in, in downtown. And she was like... Well, we shoot a lot of videos up here and, and you know, production, um, um, you know, brands, they, they rent the space and it would be, be great for you because you'll be, she, she didn't, she wasn't even at all with the times. She mm -hmm. said, you know, then you'll be, you'll be seen in like commercials and your work will be seen in commercials. I'm like, hmm, that's not good because... If my work is used in a commercial, commercial you should right, get paid. Then, no, then, yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, if I agree, then we, we, we strike a deal. Yeah. And that's it. But she thought that, was... that I wanted to paint so badly that I would paint her rooftop for free, which was big. Yeah. It's like huge rooftop. You can fit like 500 cars. Wow. And she said, but don't worry about the releases. We release everything. And I'm like, wait, that's, that's silly. Yeah. What's in it for us, the yeah, artists, totally. right? And she's like, no, 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 we, we, we take care of it. And I'm like, lady, you don't understand. Yeah, definitely. We, I don't want it to be as a part of some commercial or that some film. That you didn't even film. approve, yeah. Exactly. So people are really backwards, and I think they kind of have a... They think when you're being an artist, right, that you're just playing, having fun in life. Yeah. And of course we are, but and that's what we talked about earlier. I would like for you to talk about it, that as well. Like, it's actually quite intense yeah. to come up with work. It requires a lot of energy and time. So can you talk about that? I was just saying earlier, <clears throat> sorry that listeners, this is a bit all over the place. It's fine. <laughs> and then we'll hop back on to yeah. so, the origin story of the, of the world letter. For sure. How I see it is that there is, because people always ask, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Mm. And here's the answer for me. I am an introvert at home and an extrovert outside. Yes. And when I step out of my house, I'm the most social person. I make friends with everybody. The guy at the deli, the guy at the laundromat. Uh, I set up my installations in the street. I talk to everybody. I'm very social. I'm my best self. When I get home, I am the opposite of that. Yes. I don't want to talk. I want to be in my thoughts, in my mind. And that's when my creative process like starts. Yes. That's when the ideas start coming to me. I listen to music. I cry. I laugh. Like you would see me in my creative process. You would think she's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. You know? And maybe you are. You and know? maybe I am. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm home, I just need to be like, it's a very intimate moment where I'm like me, myself and I, and my thoughts and my ideas and my music and my things. And like, I don't want anyone to intervene in that. It sounds like people have been intervening a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you live with roommates, people just like knock on the door, ask you for things. When you right. get in the, when you go to the kitchen just to grab water, someone's going to start a conversation with right. you. Right. And you cannot be in control with like, you get home from a performance, you're exhausted, and then they're playing music or whatever. Right. So definitely important for me to like, um, oh no, you were saying, There is a lot of work behind oh, the scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How our people consider, you know, we are the lucky ones, mm -hmm. right? In, in a way, we are. Mm -hmm. But what people don't understand is they think we just make stuff out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, no, no. You It's know, like, there's a lot of time. There's yeah. a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of investing. Mm -hmm. Energy, you know, uh getting ourselves out there right there's yeah. that component too i think it's because like when people see the result the final result it looks very effortless right and the other day i saw this thing on the internet where it was picasso that tried to draw a bull uh -huh. and he drew for like years on end uh -huh. many 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 bulls and little by little he would like um strip like remove some elements of this like bull stylize more and more Stylize more and more. So the first is like a very realistic like bull with the horns and everything. And then it's like little by little, he just removes some of the elements of the body of this animal. 
until it becomes just like straight lines. Right. <clears throat> and when you see the final result, you're like, oh, it's just a bunch of straight lines. Yeah. But no, like it took him years. Right. To analyze the body of the yeah, animal yeah, yeah. and like how to remove the line, and so it looks exactly like this. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't see. They don't. They don't see the ten thousand hours that came before that moment. And Picasso used to say that too, when when he was really in his kind of minimalist cubist phase, with mm -hmm. just a few lines, like a naive child. Uh, you know, some person you know who who was buying something said, "Well, you don't really work too much on this stuff, do you?" <laughs> How long does it take this painting, right? Some, you know, some guy yeah. who doesn't know, yeah. some uh, bon vivant or whatever, you know, yeah, he's yeah. over there with some money to spend. <laughs> and 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 Picasso said, "Oh, uh, how long did it take? Mm -hmm. I, you really want to know?" Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I mean, can I'm mean, just what like eight nine minutes, right? Yeah. Being like in front of people, right?" Mm -hmm. And Picasso said, "No, this painting took me my whole life." Mm -hmm. Oof. Yeah, that's goosebumps. Same, I got goosebumps. Wow. I mean little chill and so yeah that that's that's what we're doing actually and so a lot of people don't really i feel like they they like the art yeah or the arts but they don't really have the chance to properly think about it yeah. right and that's okay too but um that, that is what it is yeah. so now we're uh, you're at the at the level of the story where you're you're trying out some performances yeah. you know you're you're finding out how long it takes to set up Wow, yeah. it's 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 difficult to do actually. So what happens then? I mean, what happens is that as um as a contrast, it, I think it's good that I felt so much. I say fail with like the little uh, how do you call that? Oh, failed. Yeah. Right. I mean, failed between quotation marks. Yeah, between quotation right. marks. Um, with the music industry is that at least I knew what not having success felt like. Right. So then when I started doing the poetic interventions, this reaction, the feedback from the people, I didn't know before. Right. It felt like success. Yeah. It felt like something was working out. Yes. So it was good because I was like, oh, this feeling is new. This is working. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Because so you were probably expecting to struggle. Maybe some people will like it, but you know, it's supposed to be really difficult and tough. But it, it was instantly, instantly, so successful. like it was good feedback. Incredible. That's amazing. Like the first time I had like 100 people gathering around like this bed in London. The second time I did a performance in LA at the Women's yeah. March, LA Weekly reported it. Like, That's amazing. Literally, you're like, I'm, I may be onto something. Here. I may be onto something. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, even though it was not lucrative, and I was actually putting a lot of money into it. I was like, this is working, so I need right. to keep going. And, and so I continued, came up with more poetic interventions, more installations, more CDs, and always kind of DIY, but still like pulled it off. And then I one day had this idea for like the next poetic intervention that I was going to set up a desk in the street and write a love letter. Mm. And it was going to be like the whole day. And at first, like the letter was going to be like short. And then it was just like longer and longer, you know? Yeah. yeah the more people write, the longer the letter gets. No, because it was just going to be me. Oh, it was just you writing a, a love letter. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, because all these poetic interventions, it, it was never like completely interactive. Right. It was just me there doing my thing. Right. And then people looking at it. Right, exactly. Just just like really performance art. I mean, no, sometimes it is interactive, but like it was like still like the stage thing. Like people are watching something, looking, right. something, looking at something. So never like participate. No, no participation yet. Yeah. No, sometimes I would kind of interact with people, right. like hand a star or rose. Right, right. But they were never like a part of a the part thing. of the work, right? So this one, when I when I wrote the love letter. It was in Berlin, and on my way there, I realized that I had no no one to write the love letter to, because <laughs> I'm single, yeah. and I haven't been like very lucky in love in the past years. Yeah. So you were unlucky in love. So, <laughs> so on my way there, I realized that I I had no one to write this love letter to, and because uh, I. I've been single and also very unlucky in love the past years. So 
I thought I'm going to write this love letter to the world because I like to challenge the status quo. And I feel like the status quo is always to say, oh, the world is falling apart. It's so tough these days and everything, which is not, not true. It is true. Right. But I was like, no, there are a lot of things to love about the world. So right. I'm going to write this love letter to the world. This is my act of rebellion against the status quo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and write how much I love the world. So we set up a desk in the street in Berlin, but like a big installation with like, so I did it with my, my friend Romain Boutin, which I really want to give credit to here because all of the installations I've done, I've done with him. And um, he's a set designer and creative director and we do everything together. Right. So we set up this like very tall desk with like a massive tablecloth that looks like the sky and bring an actual chair and like the, the back of the chair it's, it's like a heart it was a big big thing like we had to bring that in like an SUV taxi like it's a lot of production yeah it? yeah and when we set up we have no idea if do you think it it's good I don't think it's gonna cut yeah why did it cut earlier I have no idea but I'm keeping an eye on it yeah so are you edit in the podcast? Uh, we can. Okay. Let me just like what I just no. said. <laughs> um, so what was I going to say? Yeah, so... So you set up in front of this church in the middle of Berlin. Yeah. Right? And we do set up guerrilla style. Like we do not have a permit. And I never ask for a permit. Right. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So you just choose a spot. It's obviously where there's a lot of people coming through. You set up and then you just do it. Yeah, and there's always this risk that you invest all this money to create this big thing and then maybe 10 minutes into it, the police is going to come and kick you out, you know? Yeah. So it's always a big risk. Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, and, and what, 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 because I feel like some countries are a little bit more forgiving than others. Yeah, so it's happened in Mexico, in, but not in all of Mexico. That's the thing, it's like, it depends on the neighborhoods. Right. It's happened in like this touristy neighborhood of Mexico. It's happened in Montreal in a touristy neighborhood too. Yeah. And it's happened in Cannes during the Cannes Film really? Festival. Yeah. Ah, yeah, because I saw you, you did it at Cannes 2018, I think, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. thing with the police. Yeah. And, and, but isn't it nice to maybe like resist a little bit and we're not breaking down? Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah. I always resist. <laughs> I always resist and it's always a very interesting story every time. Yeah. But... Okay, so thankfully that day in Berlin, it didn't happen. We didn't right. get any trouble with anybody. Um, and so I started writing my love letter to the world, and I didn't intend for this piece to be, like, participatory. Or... But the thing is that people, like, unlike the other poetic interventions, where people didn't necessarily try to be a part of the piece, in this one, people were, like coming very close to me and talking to me and like actually inquiring to write on the letter too mm, interesting as soon as they 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 knew that this was a love letter to the world they were like oh i really want to do it too so the first guy that actually really like was determined enough to like pick a pen and do it was chinese uh -huh. so he wrote his love letter to the world in chinese interesting and when he did so i was like of course, like, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. If there ever was a love letter to the world to be done, it shouldn't be done by just me. Yeah. It should be the whole world. It should be the whole world, yeah. So. Which, by the way, makes sense. Because uh, in, in Asian culture, like, every temple has, they have these little cards at the temple. And you can write your wish for the world there. Oh. I did it in the Meiji Temple in, in Tokyo. Okay. And so everyone that visits mm -hmm. does it. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's a wish for the world? Wish for the world. Your right. wish for the world. And it's, a, it's, it's a, I'll, I'll, uh, man, I'm not going to see you again before you leave, but it's like this wooden thing. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in pictures. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and then you write your your wish for the world on there. I'm just going to write it down because I don't want to forget. I, I, will, I will mail you one. I have a blank one. I, I'll send it to you. Really? I have an extra one, yeah. That you brought from Japan? Yep. Yeah. So, so it makes sense that the Chinese man said, wait a minute, yeah, I might maybe. wish also. Because yeah. it's part of his culture, right? Yeah, but then like two minutes later, a Russian man came and had the same thought. Great. So, and who knows what happens in Russia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And then like this Syrian family and just like it kept happening. And Berlin is very multicultural. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So in one day, like seven people from seven different countries had all like written their love letters in like different Amazing. languages. So, and you're like, wait, this is the thing. Oh, that moment I will forever remember. I was sitting at the, at the table and I remember thinking to myself, because all I know is reference for, for music, you know, because that was what, what I was doing for 15 years. So I was like, maybe this is what people feel mm. when they sing a song to a stadium mm. and you're not singing, it's the people singing. Right, right, right. That's when your art transcends yourself. Like it's not, the, the artist has been transcended and it's your art is no longer yours. It's the audience's. Right. That's something. Yeah, because now it merges with their feelings, with their emotions, with their wishes, with their whatever it is. And yeah, maybe you gave the opportunity mm -hmm. to, but now they're fully engaged, yeah. and now they're part of the the, the arts. So yeah, like, yeah, that's like deep. if you imagine like Oasis singing Wonderwall yeah. at the guitar in a stadium. Yeah, but then the singer oh, yeah. doesn't sing, and it's just people like today. It's gonna be the day, you know? Like yeah, 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 yeah. it's the people's song. Yeah, yeah, it is. And they may have altered it, but what it means to the people is completely something else. Exactly. And all of a sudden, the world, as you're sitting there writing your own love letter, yeah, uh, the world is joining, yeah, like almost super organically. You didn't plan it out I at all. I didn't plan it at all. That's a that's a nice moment. That's a super magical moment. Super magical. Yeah. So and it's funny because Romain Boutin, the guy that I was that I'm saying I work with, he was there. He was filming, so he captured the whole wow. thing. And you look at my face in the footage, and I'm like. Holy shit, like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> and I even like, I tell Roma, I'm like, fam, fam, fam. So the day after, I thought exactly what we were saying earlier in this podcast. I needed time to think at home alone. And I was thinking deeply, like hard. And I came up with the idea to like do this, but like an ongoing project. Bring this letter and this desk all around the world. And see if, like, the rest of the world would be down to continue the letter. And that's what I did for the past two years. It's crazy. <laughs> and so the, the beginning of the letter is still connected to the end of the letter now. What do you mean? So th that day in Berlin, mm -hmm. when you started, and the Chinese man, and then the Assyrian man, mm -hmm. and everyone. So that, you take that whole letter of everyone that signed it in between for the last two years with you everywhere? Or do you start a new section? So, technically, so symbolically, it's the same. Yeah. Which means it's the same. The scroll is the same paper, same size, same dimension, same. It's like the same scroll. Right. But technically now, like the scroll has reached such a huge size that I cannot carry it. Unbelievable. How big is it now? Or it's, how long, maybe? So, it's been two years that I've been taking this desk and this installation, this poetic intervention all around the world and now 20,000 people have actually signed this letter what yeah. that's nuts <laughs> yeah that's a lot of energy in that letter yeah so 20,000 people have signed it and so that's obviously the letter has kept growing and growing and growing and now it's 1500 feet long mm. that's a very long letter yeah. so that's 450 meters yeah which is like a couple of blocks in New York, or like I, I say as a reference that it's taller than the Empire State Building. Yeah, and it is. Wow. Taller than the Eiffel Tower. That's crazy. Two times the Pyramid of Giza. No. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, there's an X, and she'll, she'll write a really long novel <laughs> in your, in your D, you know, DM or something. This is even crazier than that. Yeah, totally. It's like the crazy ex that just got back to your DMs. <laughs> or, oh, you blame it on me. I'm blaming it on her. <laughs> so that is amazing. And so when uh, when when you present it in these new cities, right? I'm sure now there's some support from cities. I know you 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 talked about it at Columbia University. You gave mm -hmm. a TED talk, mm -hmm. like all these things. There's been a lot of press about it. Mm -hmm. And how how is it being received, you know, by 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 various cities and, and and the people of various cities? Are they sort of like, oh, that's a cute thing, or is it like, man, this could actually be really important? I think. Or is it in between, maybe? I would say generally the response is the same everywhere. 
um, that it's, it has this universal thing about it, which is also why it's working so well and re like resonating, resonating with so many people. It's because it's a very universal um, impulse to write this letter, to, to write a love message to the world. But you do notice, though, that in the communities or the countries that have either like just gotten out of a great suffering or are greatly suffering right now, people, there is an urgency to actually do the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To either like bring it to the community or participate. But like I was just in Colombia, which um, um, got out of a civil war, actually, yeah, I think it's civil war, in 2016, a war that had been going on for 50 years. And I think the people are, because they're just coming out of it, recovering from all this suffering, When I was in Colombia, people just were, they would do anything to help me bring the letter to a wow. neighborhood, to a community. It, like there is, it's the country where really there was an urgency to bring this letter places and people would have done anything they could to help me realize that. Yeah, well, what did they get out of that example of so many well wishes? Because that's what it is, it's well wishes and it's also, you know, Sometimes they, they say, uh, you know, you got to give to receive, right? So if you mm -hmm. give love, mm -hmm. chances mm -hmm. are you're going to get love. You know, let's say in any situation, mm -hmm. you know, you say hello to someone, not to be too cheesy, but when you say hello to someone with a, with a smile on your face, yeah. probably yeah. They'll, they'll smile back. Totally. But if you're like in your own world, in your phone, it's nothing. <laughs> exactly. But then across like differences that are way bigger than just like walking down the street. Yeah. Right? that example of the world wishing other parts of the world well and yeah. smiling at, and, 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 and exuding love, right? It, you're saying it, it does have an effect. Yeah, actually, it's a good question. Like, why is it to, like, write something positive about the world? Or is it... I think they want to send a message of peace, yeah, like, because they really want, like... They suffered from, from an, a, an environment that was everything but peaceful. Mm. So now that's all they thrive for. We want peace, No, strive for. Strive for, yeah. Strive for. Yeah, striving for peace. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely like in, uh, or even like in Skid Row in LA, um, which is a community that's very difficult to access. You don't just bring an installation to Skid Row, you know? Right. So, General Jeff, who is the mayor of Skid Row, has he, he's called, or like he calls himself, he, he, was so helpful with me bringing the world letter to Skid Row and I could feel that to him it was important that I bring it there and so he arranged that I actually bring the world letter to Skid Row which Maybe. I understood that it's not something he does for everybody, you know? Right. So, again, like I felt, wow, this, this community needs this Oof. love. It's so crazy. Just yes. you there and, and, you know, you look the way you look, you're very... You know, the colors match, everything. It's like you're some sort of a, a, a an alien being, <laughs> right? Sitting there with this letter and you're just bringing it. H how do you... Because when, 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 you, when, you, when you present it, uh, I'm sure a lot of people must have come up and talked to you, especially in Skid Row. Yeah, so a big part of setting up the world letter, this installation in the street, is, is actually to talk to people. Right. So you have to talk pretty much to every person that comes around the letter just to like explain what to do, what this is. And so I definitely end up talking with like thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. But is there is there a recurring thing you hear? And do some people think you can personally save the world? Not mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think some people are like, you should preach this message at least like to a broader audience. Right. Probably not save the world, but at yeah. least like bring a message of peace or like at least be a spokesperson to their voice. Right. And what they tell me, I should actually tell it louder. Right. So it's absolutely funny though that like everybody says the same things, mm -hmm. everybody asks the same questions. I wish I could just film and like right. put everybody, like every person voices on top of it's like the same thing uh, imagine if you could right yeah I imagine and 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 would that be intrusive to to your uh to your uh to your expression 
or if, if let's say the small team is there and they, and they follow you and it turns into like this ongoing sort of like, hey, this is what uh, Nicaragua is saying. Yeah. This is what Paris is saying. This is what Ukraine is saying. Yeah. You know, would that be part of uh, a dream as well? Is that something you want to do or do you like it the way it is now? I film everything. Yeah. It's just I film either me or I ask volunteers to film. So it's not always like constantly, constantly, constantly taping. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think documenting is a very important part yeah. of it because it, you need to do it like wisely though because yeah. sometimes people will not open up if there's a camera, which totally yeah. is understandable. Right. But you can't. There, there are some things you cannot film, but um, it's so important to film still because yeah. that's the memory of it that you can share. Mm. And. Um, And I want to make a documentary for sure. Yeah, yes. I think it's great, like just to go around everywhere. And I've also discovered just from my being in the street, like when you stay mm -hmm. in one place for, let's say, three days a week, mm -hmm. you know, you you feel that you know you feel a certain aspect of that neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. And people will talk, and people will say things, and people will express sometimes anger, but also like love. Yeah. You know, and and you feel what it is that that particular uh, part of the city is about. Because when you do a mural, you go back. It takes a couple of days. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a big one. It's it's many days. Mm -hmm. And then you know, I, I, I've dealt a lot with just people that have you know they're just hanging out on the street and they think, hey, mm -hmm. here's a guy who's not doing anything. Yeah. He's just putting some color on the wall. <laughs> Let me go strike up a conversation. You know. <laughs> And, of course, there's lonely types and homeless people and crazy yeah. people and gangsters and, like, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But also other people. And you learn a lot yeah. just by being there, you know? Yeah. So I think that would be really interesting in your particular case because um, you're dealing with the letter, right? Yeah. And, and, and the best wishes people have for the world, which must include um, something they're trying to change, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think if people want to participate so much, it's because they either want to come... When they write their letters, they, they say, I pledge to do better. I pledge to take better care of the earth. So there is at least a desire to change. And then are they really doing it after writing their letters? Like, I, I don't know. But there is a desire for that. Right. Desire to do better. Yeah. Desire for the world to be better. Yeah. And that's powerful it's very powerful is there anything that stands out always that you're like you know now that you're an old pro in a way the two years in, in, in the street dealing yeah. with thousands of people 20,000 signatures yeah or well wishes or ideas do you see like ah, you know this place is a little bit like that place and that place also kind of wants this thing but is there anything that pops up as like this is like the recurring thing all over the world you know like Is there something like that? Or is yeah. it so diverse? No, it's not very diverse. It's very repetitive. Yeah? Very. What, what can Extremely. we imagine? What can we imagine? I mean, you, I think the, the very interesting thing would be if like a soci sociologue, soci how do you say in English? Soci sociologist. Sociologist would analyze the letter. Um, but definitely they would say it's repetitive. Right. It doesn't matter where you go. And people don't read the previous 20,000 letters. Right, exactly. So it's not yeah. like they can copycat, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, But the, same, the same... Yeah, when I did the, the TEDx, I divided in 10 or like 11 categories of like uh, the most recurring words or like themes. And when you put those 10 phrases, it actually makes almost like one letter. No way. Yeah, yeah wow. so it would be like one voice from this 20,000 ah, voices. That's interesting. So it's like... Dear world, I apologize. I feel so sorry for what I've done to you, for what we've done to you. Yeah. But I usually there's a twist in the middle of the letter where people become more hopeful. And they say, but I promise to do better. I think if we come together as a one humanity and work on this, we can actually achieve peace. And then all of a sudden it becomes like a very positive letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thank you for all you've given me. Yeah. Um, my existence because you exist <laughs> and um, and um, I love you and and um, 
we're going to do this, we're going to make right. it. And this self-motivation at the end. Self-motivation yeah, yeah. at the end. Interesting. Yeah. And then thank you. Thank you is the most, it's the one that comes back to us. Yeah. And thankfulness for, for gratitude for like being alive or like for the world being what it is when it's, it's you know, the, the beautiful thing that one can respond to. It's mysterious. Yeah. Like, thank you for, because at the end of the day, it's true. Like if, the world didn't exist we wouldn't be here yeah, and I think people are thankful for their just sheer existence yeah thankful for like the little things or their kids or their wives or yeah. their whatever like yeah. their guitar it's, it's fascinating fascinating stuff it's it's quite it's a sweet thing to do you know what you're doing mm-hmm. it's very sweet thank it's you you're sweet you're sweet for doing for doing that and also for wanting to do it and it's like we spoke about earlier there's so much effort that goes into it Right? So much. It's endless. It's really a full-time, full-time job. I would need four people in this team. Yeah. To, yeah at this point, it's like a whole en- enter- enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if the letter was uh, read. That would be also interesting. You get someone like, uh, uh, I don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. And he reads a part of it. That would and be then all amazing. of a sudden, Christopher Walken's reading it. Yeah. Let's say Meryl Streep or someone, oh, that's such a good right? Idea. And then someone yeah. sings a part of it, right? Yeah. Imagine, you know, the, mm-hmm. so there's so many ways you can go. Still, in yeah. a way, you're just collecting data yeah. while you're like researching while you're out there performing, yeah. right? Yeah. And the performance aspect is almost like to get the flies to come closer mm-hmm. to the to the fly trap. Yeah. Not that people are flies. No, no, I get what you mean. But to get them interested. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's very interesting. It's, you know, like someone, it's funny because uh, of those 20,000 people, people like always throw an idea. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And the thing of like the celebrities reading letters. Yeah. One person suggested it. Yeah. I think it was at 29 rooms. I remember writing it down. I was like, yeah. this is such a good it's idea. Amazing, yeah. And like, there should be like a conference, like a press conference. So I guess the press conference wouldn't be the setting, but like maybe 10 actors and yeah, Morgan like Freeman. Morgan, exactly. Wow. People that have like very signature yeah, voices, yeah. and they would yeah. read letters yeah. and do like. And then also uh, other people from other cultures, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, this is like, I don't know about the reputation of Benetton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. they had one campaign when I was a kid, United Colors of Benetton, mm-hmm. right? So it's just, it, this can go all kinds of ways, I feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you're thinking about all that. Yeah, and I'm always writing down ideas. I have like a little text file in my computer that's like all these ideas that people have given or that are, what can we do with all this data? Right, exactly. And I think for now, I'm still collecting. Like I'm still like ongoing, keep like I'm still setting up the, the, the desk in the street. And I feel like the a, a friend of mine calls it like redistributing the letter which would be maybe the phase where celebrities can read the letters. But I feel like that's a phase that's a little further down the line. Right. Or an actual book. An actual book. A big Bible of like, okay, (laughs) between uh, 2016 and 2021, Mm -hmm. this is how the world felt Mm -hmm. in, you know, in all these cities that you're going to. Yeah. That's also interesting. A snapshot. A snapshot of people's desires and wishes and hopes. Yeah. Right. Very powerful. But I'm really excited now to, because I've been to countries that didn't have the same um, wealth as the U.S. Right. And it's it's there is a difference still, like in the way people write. Like yesterday, I met this guy. He wrote in Kurdish. Kurdish. Yeah. Kurdish on the world letter, and so he's a refugee from Iran. Mm. He's gay. I think that's how why he had to leave Iran. And uh, in his letter, like, you could feel that even if we were all at, let's see, at this art show where, you know, people, to go to an art show, you have to be privileged. And it's like an elite type of, you have to have $30 to actually go to this thing and see oh, this it depend, thing. Oh, it depends on the art show. Yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah. in general, like, at the scale of the world, $30 to go to an art show, like, yeah. you're privileged. Yeah, most of the time I don't pay for an art show. <laughs> But, your chase. <laughs> yeah. No, but in general, like this event that we were yeah. part of, that's mm-hmm. that's not the norm. Yeah. yeah you know. But, sure. I, but I know what you're saying. So he was there. So he was there and like I just, his letter, 
I've noticed it's something that I've noticed from refugees because I had a refugee, uh, had yeah, a refugee from DRC in New York who wrote on the World Letter and he, Democrat, Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo, yeah. exactly, yeah. which is a country that is going through tremendous challenges and um, and wars and conflicts. So my refugee from Congo, Kaima, I I have like a big affection for him. He wrote his letter to the world, but mostly to his mom, mm. because he had not seen her in a long time. He's away, you know. And my guy from Iran yesterday, same. He wrote to the world, but he wrote to his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has not seen his mom in five mm. years. Mm. And he cannot go back to Iran, and she cannot come here. And he doesn't know when he's going to even be able to go out of the country, yeah. of the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do feel like a certain suffering in these lives that are the repercussion in the love letter to the world it's like more oriented to like their families or yeah, yeah. and sometimes you're you, you know the person you miss the most is your world yeah right? especially when it's when it comes to your mother and all that and when it stuff. comes to like living such difficult you know when you have to leave a place when you're misplaced when you're displaced not not misplaced displaced yeah so um yeah that that's those big hardships of life have an influence on the letters. Yeah. That's why now I think on like the next month I want to go to countries where see what it is when you don't have thirty dollars to go to an art show. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, just like, anything. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So okay. what's uh, what's 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 the plan now after LA? You're leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you have an itinerary, or are you going to regroup in New York and then decide? regroup in New York and then? End of September, I'm leaving the U.S. and I'm going to leave for at least six months. And I really don't know where I'm going to go yet. But well, you know you're going to go. But I'm going to go. And I'm probably going to go to... I've been to Europe, North America and South America with the letter. So I'm thinking I'm going to go to the three continents where I haven't been yet. Africa and Asia and Oceania. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so. Excellent. That's fantastic. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I think what you're doing is very special. And um, it's it's great seeing you again. And bam, I think we got it right now. Amazing. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? So the project is called The World Letter. And the handle is at The World Letter on every platform, Insta, Twitter, Facebook. The website is theworldletter.com. And me, I'm Coco Van. C-O-C-O-V-A-N and you can find me as I am Coco Van on every platform. Bam, that's it. Boom. Coco, great to see you. <laughs> Good to see Grand you, Jess. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye, ciao. Boom, that was Coco Van. Pretty cool stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, we're at Happy No Fear. I'm, of course, at The Art of Chase. And if you dig uh, the podcast, please rate it. That always helps a lot. Or share with a friend. Or, you know, do both if you feel uh, so inclined. That's it for this week. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.